Put him on his back. Thurston, right foot kick, down the ground, into the end goal almost. Hodgson cuts it off. Hodgson taken by Norton. He took him late. Marshall skips away. Marshall skips away. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Johnson away. All right, it is Thursday. The 7th of September, you're back for part B of what is uh, looking towards our final or final-ish episode for Tiger Town Podcast for 2023. I'm Zach Eves, Toby, carrying on for what we were talking about last night, Toby, mate. We were running our running our eye over the key recruits from last year, those being, obviously, uh, Johnny Bateman, David Clemmer, Isaiah Papali'i, Happy Saikorosal, and then Charlie Staines to, Staines to a lesser extent. Now, in part A... We'd wrapped up with you talking about Papali'i. Um, my thoughts, basically, on his performance this year has been it's a pass mark, right? So, yeah, um, I think you'd made mention in part A the fact that we weren't using him correctly, and you talk you've spoken about that with Johnny Bateman as well. And I don't think that there's a more perfect example of not using ice properly than uh, not using a player properly than what we've done with Isaiah Papali'i. Um, I think towards the end of the year, a bit a few of his, of his efforts tailed off a little bit. Uh, he missed 10 tackles against Manly on the weekend out of 61 for a team total, which, you know, that that's that's pretty bad. Um, my major issues with Isaiah, and I'd mentioned it last year when he was at Parramatta, was his edge defence and the fact he overcommits over laterally on the inside. And I think that causes a lot of issues on the edge. I yep. still think he, and to a lesser extent, Bloor, when he's been on an edge, they get stuck too far inside, shoulder turn, too overcommitted on the lead runner, and then thinking they've got enough time to push out. But the problem is they're very slow and cumbersome laterally, uh, and their half outside them, um, I think, is put in two minds by default if they don't get that right. So, look, I think that he's got some deficiencies. I think his defence on an edge is a concern of mine, and not so much him specifically although the 10 missed tackles speaks to that. It's more so the fact that what he does in creating doubt um, in his edge defenders around him uh, is a major concern for me. As far as his attacking output, I'm relatively happy. I think his effort areas for the most part were there. We just obviously didn't see the same the same impact that he had at Parramatta. Uh, and a lot of the, that you can put down to the side as a whole, the halves as a whole, how creative or lack thereof they were, I think. Yeah, yeah, like... Obviously, you go into a little bit more detail than I do because you are, I guess, you, you're very much a, uh, I don't know, probably say like a connoisseur of looking at those nitty-gritty little details. But all in all, I think we're both in agreement that um, it was a pass mark, but it definitely it uh, didn't, ex- didn't meet and even exceed expectations. So um, mm. frustrating. But, yeah, move on to... Happy, um, yeah, mate. 11, uh, Eleven months ago, um, Abby drunk made a joke at the expense of the entire club, even though he was heading there. How how did his uh, his eleven months since that joke was made? How does it stack up in your eyes? Oh, I think um, it definitely left a sour taste in my mouth when it happened. Um, but you know, we've all been there. We've all done it. We're all we've all been. Well, depending on how old you are listening to this pod, we've all been drunk and made uh made silly comments. Um so it was left to sour taste in my mouth, but it was forgivable. And then he's been nothing short of 
um, heroic for a lot of our games. He's led from the front. Uh, I said to you, um, yeah, I was critical of him at the start of the year. Uh, mentioned it on this pod, and you kind of made me look in a sort of a different light in the fact that it actually wasn't Appy that was the problem. It was literally everyone else. They weren't to his level. And uh, once you kind of looked at that mind frame, you oh, kind of looked at it with that sort of mind frame, um, you, it was very hard not to agree. So I think he has by far been our best player. Might not have won the Kelly Barnes medal, as um, that was on last night, the night before. Um, but, you know, he it, it, he's just been such a leader the whole time. And nothing more, it was, it, nothing's been more telling than when he re-signed. Without, literally, there was no warning, there was no speculation, there was nothing. It's just, we woke up one day, checked the news, and he'd re-signed for a further two years. So... He sees something, and for a player of that quality to commit like that, that has to lift the rest of the team. So, for me, it's an A plus plus plus. Yeah, no doubt. I think, um, from my perspective, in the last eleven months, he could not have done any more to show to the club and the fan base uh, at large how dedicated he is to the cause of this club. Um, every single thing he did from the moment he came in in pre-season or at the start of the year, uh, all the way up to every every performance. The re-signing, as you mentioned, uh, which was which was not a requirement at the time. The pushback early from a broken jaw, despite the fact we're on a hiding to nothing in the bottom end of the table. All these are examples of uh, somebody that we've cried out for a long time who actually wants to invest their time, effort and energy in transforming this club. Uh, far too many people who we thought were on board and, and ready to be that person in the past have just taken the easy option and shipped off out the back door or played out their contract and then wrapped things up or pissed off elsewhere. Um, this is finally a bloke who I think we can see is willing to get in the trenches and, and finally um, yeah, do what is required, at least as best he can, to, to drag this club out of the quagmire. And um, I, for one, off the back of that, you know, from one one fan, you know, I couldn't be more impressed with him across the board. Uh, not only his playing performance, but you know, his whole attitude to his time at the club thus far as a club captain, the way he leads, the way he talks, um, and if you talk about the buzzword culture, and you put a picture of what you want culture to look like at any football club, he's the bloke. Yeah, he's the bloke there that you want leading that. Yeah, no. Eight plus plus for me too. Um, yeah. Hundred and one out of a hundred. Yeah. yeah, he could not have done any more this year um, in terms of expectation. He's been sublime. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, since we did the first part of this pod, uh, that like we said, the the awards nights have been on. Um, and I don't know if you saw it, but there was a bit of a. Yeah, they showed a little bit of the night itself and it looked like Appy was just completely enjoying himself, um, which is pleasing to see because it would have been a very, very hard year for him. He's come from, I don't think he's ever not played finals apart from maybe that first year at Penrith. Um, but he's won three grand finals, won two or three minor premierships. 
played for a lot of winning clubs in terms of that culture. Um, and so it would have been a very tough year for him, but to see him just go, go out and enjoy himself, it was really good to see. So I just hope yep. that uh, the, the the young guys that will start training with the, the full-time squad in the off-season, or in the pre-season, sorry, will learn how to how to be the ultimate professional. And that's what he is. He's the ultimate professional. You know, everything he does, there, there's no... Um, there's no lack of effort. There's no lack of quality. There's no lack of trying. Um, he does all the little things that you need to get done. We were very, uh, we were very critical, not critical, but we, we both believe that his best position is a hundred percent dummy half. Not so much more than his defense out wide. He's not a very good defender out wide. Uh, and that's fine. That's not for everyone. And, you know, he just had to fill. He was a stopgap there for the last few games, but um, it it wasn't for a lack of trying. He never gave up. He never stopped, and that's what I hope that that will bleed into these younger guys. Because you know, for too long we've had players that probably didn't have that standard. You know, you think about. I don't, you weren't on the pod last week when we discussed the game before, but I don't know if you listened to it. But uh, I read out stats of Noffa. Who made twenty five meters in eighty minutes? Yeah, that's that's not professional. That's not a professional footballer. That's a guy who's just wanting to get his money. Sorry, he's bloody you know enjoying life right now in Yamba. He's he's earning off season clearly. Um, yeah. but that's just not a professional. In my eyes, and too long we've had that. These people that come in and they don't like we want them to offer something in terms of professionalism, in terms of experience, but they just don't. So it's just yeah. very, very pleasing to have that. And, you know, we probably have that in spades now. We have that in Appy. We have that in Bateman. We have that in Clemmer. In, we'll probably move on to a second to Staines. I think we have that in Staines as well. Um, but, yeah, he was Staines was another off-season recruit. Was off-season? Wasn't last year? No. It was off-season? Yeah. Off-season recruit who... Uh, really exceeded my expectations completely just with everything he did. You know, he's not a dream buller in the fact that he's just an out-and-out athlete and can create something or do something out of nothing. But he's got more guts than most of the players in that team. Runs hard, played a full game with a perforated bow, um, came back early from that too. Uh, he just, yeah, I mentioned to you, I've mentioned a couple of times in this pod that he'd be one of my priority re-signings. Um, and the fact that he wasn't, uh, you know, um, given a farewell at the, the awards night means that he's not going anywhere, hopefully. So, hmm. Yeah, obviously the re-signing him is something that's still a bit up in the air. For those that weren't aware, um, three of the notable ones, I guess, so the non-re-signings and an early release that were announced in in, um, I guess, a roundabout way yesterday were Brandon Wakeham, so he was farewell. Tuki Simpkins, he was farewell. They're both off contract. But then Ruin Adekora, who still had one year remaining, um, he was farewelled as well. So what that effectively does means, I don't, I don't know where Ruin is going, but he's effectively off the books now. So that gives us 28 spots at this stage for next year. So we've just opened up another spot, which is good news. Um 
the likes of Staines that you mentioned, Safarth, a few of these other people that might be pushing for small extensions, uh, they're yet to be re-signed. And, and so I, I think, think we're still going to see a fair bit of movement. Sorry, mate, say that again. You're a little bit quiet there, you're in. Uh, I, I think Safarth has, still has a year to go. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah, you are. As far as uh, – I, I think you're wrong, sorry. I'm, I'm relatively certain you're wrong, um, that he is off contract at the end of this year. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, look, I agree with you on Staines. Um, I think he's a, um, a low-risk, high-reward option. I think he's very professional about what he what, uh, about going about his business. Sorry, to your point, and um, he's a big effort play type of player, yeah. which I'm a, I'm a big fan of. He plays a little bit above his weight, but his execution is quite good, and he's got that extra that lick of speed as well, which is invaluable. As we know, he's relatively safe under the high ball. He can fill in at fullback at a pinch if needs be. So I think he's got tremendous value and. Yeah, he's probably the first winger pick for me next year. Um, yeah, depending on obviously what happens with Tupo, whether he's getting a, a crack at centres or not. So, yeah, pr- pretty pleased with Staines, albeit we didn't get to see a full season of yeah, his. Um, I'd be surprised. If he, I'd be surprised if he even played ten games. But um, yeah, like what we saw. Hmm. No, I agree. No, well, mate, let's um, let's change tack. For a little bit quickly, I just want to get your. Um, we're not obviously having any more games for the season, so it's a bit hard to, to run bold predictions on games that we are, are not playing in, unfortunately. But uh, your grand final pick this year, who who do you like the looks of for the big day, and who do you think will get the chocolates? So I think it's going to be one two. I think it's going to be Broncos Penrith. Um, it's very hard to go past them too. I have my sneaking suspicions that. Uh, the the Knights might do what we did in 05, but we'll see how that goes. But I think it's going to be 1-2. And um, I think Panthers are going to get the three-peat. So. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to hard to disagree with you. I think they're probably the two form teams to comp. Melbourne, if they're on their day, might be able to get Brisbane. Um, mm. It's hard. Yeah, I don't know. I, I want to like what the Warriors are doing. I just I don't buy it. Same with the Knights. I'm just... You know, I just I don't rate these squads, and so I find it hard to see them push through. But to your point, you know, Knights have won what nine on the trot or something heading into finals, and they're, they're yeah. beaten all comers. So it's hard to hard to see where it goes from there. But yeah, Brisbane Panthers for mine. I, I think it's we may have mentioned this the other day, but I think it's a bit of a concern personally that in the age of the modern professional um, game of rugby league, that a team can win three in a row. Um, that to me is a concern because it's not like they have been pushed to the nth degree to win those three either. I think they've they've almost or just about been favourites for the comp each of those three years, and I wouldn't say they've done it easy, no doubt, but they certainly, um, yeah, I wouldn't say that they've been pushed tremendously hard, Penrith. They're far and above the best team in the comp at the moment, and uh, have been for the last few years, and so. Yeah, I don't know. To me, to me, that says that if there's one team sitting on top of the perch, then to that degree, and they're that dominant, that there's something that needs to be levelled out. Clearly, the salary cap isn't working for a number of reasons, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, their systems are brilliant, their nursery is brilliant, and they've got everything set up fantastically. But in my opinion, no team should be that dominant. It simply shouldn't happen in professional sport. 
it's pretty rare that you see in any major professional sport around the world a team dominate three years in a row. Not that they've won it yet, but you know, obviously they're they're pretty hot odds on favourites, aren't they? They are. Yeah. I mean, Hawthorne did it what 13, 14, 15. Richmond went close in 17, 18. Yeah, they won three out of four years. Yeah. Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see the Roosters. Roosters they almost three did. out of four as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, like it can ha- it, do- it does happen, you know, in you know, obviously there's the the most famous three peat times two in the history of all in-, in the history of all sport in the Bulls. And it does happen. Um but yeah, it's Yeah, I mean, you've only got to, you've only got to go back to the 70s to look at the dominance of St George as well, you know, like yeah, I understand that right. yeah, historically it does happen. I, just talking the modern game and um how there there's obviously a giant um incentive to have a relatively even competition and level the playing field. It's a, it makes a better product overall. Um, you know, we see the turnover all the time in, in sports like the NBA and the NFL, for example. Um, you know, you get teams that do sit at the top for a long time, but it's it's pretty rare to have a team dominate um, for, for two, three, four years on end. So without being challenged, if you get what I'm saying. No, no, I do. And, you know, it's coming from a team that has been consistent cellar dwellers for the better part of 10 years, uh, it does get frustrating to see that level of dominance. It does get mm. frustrating to see that, you know, that does lead to a myriad of problems on the field as well. Not so much, uh, not, not, no more than, I guess, that um, refereeing unconscious bias we always talk about. You know, you, you got to think that if the refs are on there and they're, you know, it's a team that are just that good, they shouldn't really be doing much wrong. It should be the other team's fault. So it does mm. open a, a lot of a can of worms, but um, it is what it is. And, you know, I will be very happy to see a draft system put into place. But as I just mentioned then, that doesn't work all the time either. When Hawthorne did it, Richmond did it. It's, um, you know, AFL's had a draft system in place for as long as I can remember. So... Yeah, and they, they have. And you talk about, like... um you know, major sporting codes around the world and use the example of the big two in, in America being NBA and NFL. Drafts have been in place for a long time and, and that goes a long way to doing it. And it's definitely a discussion for another day, a draft system. Um, but yeah. I think, you know, if, you, if you're putting your foot in, yeah, if you, yeah, it might be something for the off-season, but if you're putting your foot in one camp or the other, I'm definitely pro-draft. I have been for a long time. Mm. And it's probably, you know, to your point, that's probably skewed by the fact that, our side has struggled for over a decade, um, and we want to. We would like very much to see the the competition evened because it would benefit our side directly. But yeah, I think there's a lot more lot more pros in that department, personally. Anyway, yeah, no, I understand. Agree, mate. On that note, speak of improvement, we'll just jump to a quick um, crystal ball into next year. So um, obviously, we're. Uh, crossing fingers and toes for some improvement. I think we can all see that improvement is most definitely possible next year and we can climb up the ladder a little bit. We're not under any false illusions, mate. Who do you think, however, uh, might be going the opposite way? So if we're to jump up a a few spots, who do you think might slide backwards, whether it's sliding back out of the eight, who overperformed this year, or who do you think we can sort of get the better of next year? Who who will we be sitting above? Yeah, so I'm very confident that the Knights have overperformed. Uh, I think yeah. they'll slide. I think if they, like, yes, they won against um, 
I can't remember who they played on the weekend. Who cares? Uh, whoever they beat on the weekend, yes, they didn't have Ponga or Hastings or anything like that, but the other team had nothing to play for. They weren't a top eight team. So I think they'll slide. Was it Bulldogs? Was it Bulldogs they played? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Mm. See, that's how, much I care about that's how much I care about the Bulldogs. Um, mm. uh, but I also think, um, I also have a very sneaking suspicion that this is the demise of the Roosters. I think the Roosters are going to start falling soon because not much has changed for them in terms of squad. And have they added anyone next year that's spectacular? Don't think so. Uh, they got Spencer Lenu, Dom uh, Dom Young coming in, um, but you know they're hardly going to going to yeah, move the needle too much. You know, a winger that's probably replacing Tupo or Jackson Paulo on the other wing and uh, an impact prop off the bench. Yeah. So I think um, I'll be. You know, would not be surprised if the Roosters don't make the eight next year. Uh, and I'll be very surprised if the Knights make the eight next year. Hmm. What about yourself? Where do you put the Warriors? Because I put them firmly in that over um, overachieved camp this year. I'm happy for them. I'm happy to see the Warriors winning games. I like seeing teams that haven't, you know, been finding success of late uh, turn the tables and find a bit of success. That is a good thing, no doubt, for the comp. But I, they've got leaks of um, Canberra of 2019 for me, as in mm. everyone in that squad has just redlined and just happened to perform really well mm. um, all at the same time, and they've, they've bred the benefits. Do you see them being able to replicate it, or do you see them a slideable team too? I don't think they'll be a top four team next year, but I think they can... They, you know, they, They've got a very, very, very big inclusion coming back next year in RTS. Um, and word is he's not going to be playing fullback. He's going to be playing centre. Hell on that lasts, who knows? Um, mm. But I don't like. I, I wouldn't put money on them to finish top four. But I don't think they'll make it out. I, I don't think they'll be knocked out of the eight. I think they. There's always something to be said, and the 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 Panthers are a perfect example of that. Is camaraderie. There is always something to be said about that. And you look at this Warriors team, and you know th- there's no one there shirking responsibility. There's no one there not putting their hand up and wanting to give it a good old crack, which is, as we both know, we both played the game. When you have somebody giving their all, you find it very infectious. And, mm. you know, there's always something to be said about that. So I, yeah, I, I'm not going to say they're going to slide. I think they'll, they'll stay in the eight next year. Yep. Um, they, unfortunately, they're, they're up against it a little bit. Um, at least this week, Johnson's been ruled out in the yep, Panthers match and they've lost, uh, lost Met, they've lost Metcalf for the season. So, um, yeah, they. Uh, well, I guess we'll get a chance to see uh, what the Warriors have got against Penrith this weekend mm. uh, in the semi without the likes of Johnson. And obviously Metcalf has been a bit of a revelation. So, yeah, we'll see a little bit more of them uh, on the yeah. weekend. Um, right. Mate, um, anything else you want to add? We at this stage, everybody, we probably will do. Or the plan is at this stage. So I'm stumbling over my words. The plan is at this stage to do a grand final preview, a short grand final preview, grand final week. We'll just mm-hmm. run through uh, the basics and, and just talk about whoever is in the big dance this year, and just give our farewells, I guess, uh, as we head in the off season. Then the plan is to have a show, uh, probably just the one, uh, late November, early December, where we go through just early preseason photos. A few rumours, anything else that have changed. We all know the 
the West Tigers news cycle moves in 24-hour periods, so a lot happens in a short space of time. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about, and then we can all uh, set off for our, our Christmas holiday break and uh, pick things back up in January. I might just um, throw it to you, mate. Is there anything else you want to add about the year we've had or anything else you want to add before we uh, look to to wind the, uh, wind the show up shortly? No, no, but we, we did, or I did mention that we had the awards night the other night and, you know, kudos to Dream Buller for, for winning um, the Kelly Barnes uh, medal. So he's been Not only that. Huh? Rookie of the Year, Players Player, and the big one, the Kelly Barnes. One all um, three. Yeah. I've got to give the kid mm-hmm. a bit of a, a bit of a big head. But, big um, clean sweep. He did yeah, play the first five five games of the year, six games of the year, and he's come in as a complete well, rookie and swept it. It'd be very, very interesting to see who picked. Because remember there was that um, Sheen's made that call early on the year about Buller, how he might hmm. squeeze his way in and show everyone what's what. Now we're his both. Words were, his words were he'll be a kid who comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Certainly done that. Did. Certainly done that. But I don't know about you, but I'm all, I've been of the mind for most of the year that Benji's been doing most of the decision-making and the coaching. Sheens has been the face to take the brunt so that he doesn't have to. Um, and that's, you know, that's what I believe. I, who knows what's happened. So it'd be interesting to see who believed that. If it was Sheens that made that call that he's going to be someone else that's going to come through, if it was Benji. Because if it was Sheens, you know, that's a very... Very, uh, very nice parting gift from him to highlight that and bring him into the squad. But if it was Benji, um, you know, he has an eye for talent, which is very, very pleasing. Yeah, I think they're in conjunction. I actually, personally, if if that's your opinion on the on the team, fair enough. I think there's a fair few people that share that same opinion. I'm actually mm-hmm. of the belief that that's a bit overstated. And when they talk about Benji running the show for most of the year, I don't actually believe that. I believe that he was a heavy component of it, but I fully believe that at least for the first two-thirds of the season, as was the plan that Tim Sheens was the head coach, uh, Benji Marshall had a fairly decent say knowing that he was the heir apparent. Uh, but I think Sheens certainly far more experienced to just hand those reins over. And so I don't share the same concerns that some people do have when they talk about the fact of, oh, they struggled this year and Benji apparently was calling the shots, therefore that that is a concern. I don't share those concerns. Um, I actually look at a lot of the team selections, a lot of the a lot of the approaches, um, a lot of the defensive structures, attacking structures, all that sort of stuff. And I don't see a lot of Benji in that stuff. He strikes me as quite the innovator. Um, and yeah, I I think we're going to see the side look a fair bit different to what we saw at least for the vast majority of this season. I think heading into next year, there will be distinctions uh, and differences between the two. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll get to see because there's there's no um, no smoke and mirrors about the fact that he most certainly will be uh, in the hot seat next year. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, it was uh, like back to the the original point. It was good to see um, Buller do that clean sweep and give us a bit of hope. You know, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And excuse me, um, further. Further, uh, feather in the cap to Appy's performance this year. He was about 12 points or something down behind Buller in the count for the Kelly Barnes about halfway through the season. He ended up, they were level going into the final game and uh, Jareen got three points and Appy got two. 
in the scoring for the Kelly Barnes. So, yeah, that shows how close Happy Happy came as well. And mm. anybody that watched him that's this season as well would, um, you know, would not be surprised by how how neck and neck he, he and Jareem were. In fact, I think Happy was probably the the raging favourite for that. Uh, just knowing that Jareem was likely to pick up the the rookie of the year, but you know those two stood out, and I think that's why they were mm. so um, you know so popular in the voting. Obviously, but um, yeah, big congratulations to both of those two blokes. Hundred percent, folks. Um, I just want to put out, you know, it's 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 been an interesting year, obviously for a lot of for a lot of reasons. Uh, rough year, last rough couple of years, but. This year, we've really been able to gain quite a bit of traction and, and had more interaction um, with our listeners than ever before uh, via direct messages, um, Facebook, on the YouTube page, comments, that sort of stuff as well. And the feedback has just been nothing short of brilliant. We we really enjoy doing this stuff like we genuinely do. That's what made us started in the first place. We started with zero listeners, zero views, zero anything. And we just picked up a, a camera and started talking to each other about stuff that we would talk about Uh all week, every week, with the with the side that we love. So, we're we're so pleased to to see that people have have really enjoyed you know the content that us our humble little podcast puts out, and uh, it means it means so much when people give us the feedback that they give us. So, thank you guys for listening, and and thanks for tuning in this year, particularly. Uh, we're not going anywhere, so you best be sure that we're back next year, bigger and better than ever, and um, we're we're going to be riding out uh, this low point with the lot of you. And hopefully uh, next year there'll be a little bit more to crow about. There's certainly going to be lots more to break down, all sorts of news and uh, all sorts of criticism coming left, right and centre as our great club tends to attract. Um, and, yeah, we just love to continue to do it with all you guys. So we couldn't, we can't thank you enough um, from, from both of us. I'll speak for Toby when I mm-hmm. say that. Um, and, yeah, as we, as we often say every single week, you know, um, if you enjoy what we do, um, let people know. Give it to a Tigers mate or share it on a, on a fan page or on a forum or just mention it, you know, because all that stuff really helps. And if people are enjoying it and people are enjoying our opinions on things and whatnot, then that makes us happy and uh, that's all we could ask for. It's more than what we could ask for, to be perfectly honest. So, guys, once more, thank you so much for the season. Um, thanks for tuning in and, and thanks for getting in touch with us over the course of the year. Do you want to add anything, mate? Or No. Nah. No, nah, I just wish the... Uh... I wish somebody from the West Tigers would pull us and thank us because, I mean, we're probably what, – what did someone say? We're the top two uh, Tigers podcast in Australia at the moment. So, come on. Yeah. West Tigers, just give us some merch or something. Jesus. Something like that. Um, hmm. Far be it for me to toot our own horn. Own horn. We are the humble podcast. To. But I will know that we are the highest rated West Tigers podcast of the ones that I know. We're four point nine out of five stars, and the other three are four point eight. So, good night. Go us. Go us. I didn't know that. What's <laughs> that? Yeah. No, look, we we always every, at the end of every show we always plug uh, the other two podcasts, uh, the non non club podcast, which would be West Life Podcast and West Tigers Podcast. Those guys do do wonderful stuff as well. We we consume both, mate, don't we? And um, you know, just can't get enough Tigers media because the more perspectives, the better. And in from our perspective, we're all on the same page and we're all supposed to be driving the same car to improve this club as best we can in our own way, be it commentary, advice, perspectives, whatever the case may be. So um, get around those podcasts if you haven't already. 
Uh, make sure that if you are interacting with those podcasts and you're interested and you, and you want to share the word about the show, please do because, um, you know, things like collaborations and that sort of stuff are well, as well are not out of the question down the line and that's stuff we're super interested in. Uh, I, I love the opinions of some of those guys on those shows and I'd love to be able to um, face-to-face organise that sort of stuff too. It only adds, I think, to, to uh, the type of content that um, we're able to put out as well. So that's all good stuff. Guys, I'm getting to the rambling stage, but this has been part B. We will see you in grand final week. Uh, make sure you pop in. In the meantime, shoot us a message, throw us a comment, share whatever you want to share. Uh, it, it's all good stuff. And, and um, yeah, for the for the upteenth time, thank you so much for tuning in the Tiger Town podcast this year. It's been a pleasure for us, as always. And uh, one thing, mate, that we um, we never shirk, one responsibility that we never shy away from is the end of every show, even the end of losing 72-0, we still say things like, 74 now. go the mighty West Tigers forever and always. Uh, yeah, I'll repeat that, but I'll just say go the Tigers. <laughs>